Today we're on number nine of the More series, and we have one more, and it's really, I'm, the, way, the way the Lord planned this, and you know, we skipped a Sunday, and we had the prophetic conference and all that in between, the way the Lord designs things is always so cool, because the number 10 is passion, and so next week we're going to be talking about the passion of the Christ. Um, so today, but today it's stability. More, adults want more stability. How many of you say you would like to have more stability in your life? Because stability is, you know, something that we need to function in a stable way. Here's the definition of stability is, and you're going to love this, the definition of stability is the state of being stable. (laughs) That's it. Okay, we can go home now. The state of being stable. I love it when they they define a word with with the same word. The state of being stable. Uh, So now we have to define what stable is. So let's go to the definition of stable. It's the strength to stand or endure. Firmness. Stability is often used to describe buildings or structures that won't collapse or fall down. It can also describe a safe environment. You know, are you you being brought up in a stable environment uh, or, or a stable mental state? You know, some people, you know, they have a difficulty being having a stability in their mental state. Uh, a lot of things you'll hear, especially in commercials, is you need to have stability in your finances. That's why we have so many commercials of people that say, if you'll give me your money, I will invest it. And when you die, and when you retire, die. When you retire, you will have plenty of money to last you to the end of time, right? And so they want you, they, they're talking about stability. They don't want you to be afraid when you retire. So there, there's all sorts of stabilities in the world especially in, in, in the context of family. Children want to know that their mom and dad are, are home, that their, their mom and dad are going to take care of them. They don't have to worry about their next meal. They don't have to worry about if, if they're going to have clothes to wear to school or anything. They want to have stability in their family, right? And you want stability in your job. You want stability in your relationships. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing to, to want more stability. But here's, here's the thing. If we're going to find stability, are we going to find it in our finances? Are we going to find it in our marriage? Are we going to find it in our, in our families? Are we going to find it in our jobs? Are we going to find it in, in any other thing but Jesus Christ? Now, you, you may find some stability in some, some of the things you do, some of the things that you have. You may have a good uh, a trust fund. You may have a lot of money in the bank. You may have a car that's not going to break down, you know? But if you don't have the stability of Jesus Christ, all those things are just temporary. Jobs are temporary. How many of you have lost a job before? Whoa. I mean, you've been fired, but don't raise your hands. Uh, how many of you have ever had to wonder where my next meal's coming from? Wow. See, I've never had, never, that's never been a thought in my life. Never been a thought in my life. So when I hear people, say, I don't, can, can, y'all, can you give me some money for a hamburger? You know, it's, I never have had that thought. Because I've always had stability in some form or fashion in my own family, even though my family was unstable. <laughs> so you can, have, you can have parts of stability, but listen, the only true stability is what we just saw. It's in Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to read you a few, uh, just a few scriptures that really will hopefully will solidify the fact that you can trust God. Matthew 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. I love that. He says, I am the Lord thy God, and in, 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 I think King James, and I do not change. Is that stability or what? 
See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we have that stability right there that God is, is an unchanging God. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, say cannot, cannot, cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So we're in a kingdom that cannot be shaken, church. Everything else can be shaken around us. The kingdom of the United States can be shaken. The kingdom of Russia can be shaken. The kingdom of the Ukraine can be shaken. And every other kingdom in between can be shaken, but not the kingdom of God. It is stable. You can trust in the kingdom of God. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus was speaking to Peter and he said, I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death or the gates of hell or Hades will not be able to overpower it. So the church is stable, even though it looks like it's cracking up here and going places there. I'm telling you, the true church of God is stable because Jesus said the gates of hell are not going to be able to come against it. So we know he said this, it's like a rock. He said, I built my church upon the rock. And the rock he was talking about wasn't Peter. The rock he was talking about was the foundation of the word of God. I built my church upon that. And then in Hebrews 6, 17 through 19, I shared this this morning with our praise team. Because when we sang Cornerstone, this is where that scripture comes, where that song comes from in part. It says, in the same way God in his desire to show to the heirs of the promise. Are you the heir of the promise? Okay, raise your hand if you're an heir of the promise. The unchangeable, say unchangeable. unchangeable. Na- nature of his purpose intervened and guaranteed uh, it with an oath so that by two unchangeable, say unchangeable, unchangeable, two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath. He promised to, and he gave an oath, okay, in which it is impossible for God to lie. He who has fled to him for res- refuge would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. Now, here's the hope set before us. This hope, the confident assurance, we talked about confidence last week, the confident assurance we have as an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. A safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells. Listen, we are secure in Christ. We're secure in the kingdom. We're secure in the church of God. If we're there, if we're in that, if we're in the kingdom, if we're in the church, if we are born again, if we do believe, if we do trust God, we are secure. But there's so much that instability in the church today. There's so much instability in people today because people are unstable. And that's why James, we're going to go to James and talk about what it means to be unstable and what it means to be stable in Christ. Okay. Because he speaks of it. James, uh, the half-brother of Jesus, writes this book. And he starts out in the first verse. And I'm going to, I'm going to hit on some, some t- topics or uh, parts of this very lightly. But it's going to be, uh, when we get a little further in, we'll, we'll spend more time on, on the, the key verses. But first he says, but I think we need to hear this. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't say, James, a half-brother of Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, he was my, my half-brother. Me and him were like this. I know I wanted to kick him off a hill one time, but, man, we were good. I know I got mad at him a lot because Mom was always saying, why can't you be like your brother? <laughs> He's perfect. A lot to live up to, wasn't it, for James? 
But he didn't start out his letter like that. He, he says, I'm a bondservant of God and of the Lord, his Lord, the Lord God, Jesus Christ. He said, listen, I choose to bow my knee to Jesus. I choose to be a slave, a servant of God. So he had to first off know who he was in Christ. See, that is key in all this series. If you want the more that Christ has for you, you've got to have you've got to know who you are in Jesus Christ. You have to have your identity in Christ. And I'm not going to belabor that point. We talk about it a lot. But James, I just wanted you to show that he knew who he was in Jesus Christ, didn't he? All right. Then it goes on in the second part of verse one. He says to the 12 Hebrew tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispersion. Greetings. Rejoice. Now, the second thing you need to know of is who you are a part of. See, I'm a part of the body of Christ. I live in the kingdom of God. I serve at the pleasure of the king. See, that's who we are. We know that's who we're a part of. We know who we are in Christ, but we also have to know. We talked about that in this series about we're all parts of the body. Some of us are ears. Some of us are eyes. Some of us are legs. Some of us are feet. You know, some of us are bald-headed. Now, I don't know. That, that's not in there. But I, we're all parts of the body of Christ, right? And we all have a place to fit together, right? Because all of us have this place that God has, he said, he set us into the body the way he wanted to. And so the, one of the keys is after you know who you are in Christ is to find your place in Christ. Find your place in the body. Find your place in the kingdom. That's the second thing, to know who you're a part of. Verse 2. Consider it nothing but joy. I know the people love this verse. Consider it nothing but joy. Say joy. joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience, this is the Amplified, produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. Amen. Man, that's a mouthful. And that, that I could preach just on those, that, those verses, but I'm not going to because I'm going to move on. But I want you to know this. God says their trials are going to come. Why would he tell you that? You know, some people say, man, when you get saved, everything is just rosy. Everything is perfect when you get saved. Is that Robert's going, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not, is it? Because we live in a fallen world, and we're still human beings. And as much as we press in and pray and do all the things that we're supposed to, we still fail, right? We still make mistakes, right? We still have the bad thoughts, right? So all these things are happening in us. And so we have to get to that place of not just knowing who we are in Christ, who we are a part of, but we have to know that trials are going to come. He's, he's warning us. He's giving us a heads up. How many of you like a heads up? Your kids got, Mom, I'm going to be late tonight. I'll be home at 1030 instead of 10. You like the heads up, right? Because when 10 comes, if they haven't given you a heads up, you're like, where are my kids? They're supposed to be here. We like heads up. We like, we like to know things in advance. And so he's telling us here very grateful, gracefully and gratefully that trials are going to come. And he says when they come, don't, don't think of them as, as, oh, this is horrible. How am I going to do? Think of these tests. Think of these trials as a place to learn, a place to grow, a place to mature. Because we can grow and mature and learn through every trial that comes into our life. Did you know that? I don't care what it looks like. If it's a trial, if it's a tribulation, if it's coming at you and it doesn't, and it, it doesn't feel good, you have to go, okay, God, where are you in this? What are you trying to teach me in this? 
I mean, Ron used to tell us that we went through this really rough time in our church when we kind of got involved and got off track a little bit in some things. And, and, and I, I said, Ron, you know, we felt like we heard the Lord in this and, and it seems like it's going sideways. And he just said, well, all you can do is learn from it. All you can do is learn from it. Or you, or you can bemoan it. Oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe I did that. And you can cry and you can whine and you can grumble. And guess what? God just goes, all right, cry, whine and grumble all you want to. But that's not going to change anything. It doesn't change anything. You know? So, know that trials will come. How you're going to respond to those trials depends upon your faith, your faithfulness. All right, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone, say everyone. Okay. Everyone generously and without rebuke or blame and will be given to him, but he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting. Oh, okay. God's willingness to help. But he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's wisdom to help. The fourth thing you need to know is that God's wisdom is available. God's wisdom is available. How many of you have ever asked God for wisdom? And then went ahead and did what you were going to do anyway? Huh? God says, okay, you've asked. Here it is, liberally. Eh, I don't want to do that. That's, just, that's too risky. That's crazy. What? You mean to do what, God? And he said, that's my wisdom, son. Go do it. And we do just the opposite. See, that's, that's, that's where the flesh and, and, and the spirit come into a battle. When God says, you want wisdom? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to get you through this. And it may, may, may not look like you're going to get through it with the way I'm telling you. But the way I'm telling you is going to be not just getting you through it or around it or over it, but I, it's going to be a glory to me. See, all the time, sometimes we want to work through things so we can say, look what I did. And God says, no, 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 no. If you ask for my wisdom and you take my wisdom and you go through it, you say, look what I did. When you point to Jesus, right? So we need to know that God's wisdom is available. Verse 6a. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not to think. Whew, this is a tough one, y'all. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. Being a double-minded man or woman, unstable, say unstable, and restless, say restless, in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. See, that's where I wanted to get to this morning. Because I think so many people struggle with doubt, fear, anxiety. I mean, I've asked the question before, how many people are warriors and hands just go flying up all over the place? How many people walk in fear, hands go flying up all over the place? But see, that's because you're not stable. You're not stable. And that's where he wants us to get to be, is, is stable in all of our ways. So know that doubt leads to downfall. Earlier I read scriptures that assure us that we can always count on and trust God that he's always faithful. Amen? God is always faithful. He never, he never wavers. His, uh, his promises are yes and amen. 
So James here is saying that doubting God is being double-minded. Doubting God, say doubting God is being double-minded. Does God want us to be double-minded? Does he want you to be double-minded? Does he want you to be unstable? Does he want you to be restless? But if I ask for a show of hands this morning, how many of you are restless? Hands would go up. If I ask how many of you are unstable, hands would go up. Here's the thing about this scripture that we've got to find and understand is he says, if, if you're, if you're double-minded, if you're full of doubt, you're unstable in all your ways. He didn't just say spiritual ways. He said in all your ways. You know anybody, you know anybody that's just unstable? You, you can't count on them for anything. You, you ask them and they say something and they give you their answer and it's, I'll be there at such and such time. And you walk away going, I know they're not going to show up. Can I get a witness? You, you just know people like that. If they're, not, they, they don't, they're not true to their word. They're unstable. And they're unstable probably in their bills, paying their bills. They're probably unstable in their family life. They're probably unstable in all their ways. Because the Bible says if you're double-minded, you'll be unstable. You'll be restless in all of your ways. You want, I want, I want to sub, I'm going to subtext this in, into three parts. The first thing he says, you won't receive anything from the Lord. Mark eleven twenty three says, for surely, this is Jesus, this is in red. He said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. But how many times have we spoke to the mountain and the mountain just speaks right back at you like, yeah, I ain't doing nothing, I ain't moving. You go, I knew you wouldn't. I just, I knew, I knew when I said mountain move that you weren't going to move. Damn it. And God says, yeah, that's why you're not, the mountain's not moving because you already have doubt in your heart. He said, if you, if you want to see things move, you've got to you have faith that moves mountains. And faith is not something you can conjure up. It's something God gives you. But it's, it's putting your faith and your trust in an unshakable, unmovable, a promising God, that, a God that never lies, a God that says yes and amen. You know, God says, I, yes, I am the healer. God says, yes, I am your provider. And we, we think, oh, well, God, if I tithe, I know you're not going to provide for me. So he, you already, you've already been unstable right there. Or God, if I pray, you're not going to heal me. I'll, okay, you're already unstable there. Because you're not believing and trusting God for his promises. You won't receive anything from the Lord. The second thing is you will be unstable. Here's what unstable means. It means prone to fall away, shaky, wobbly, unsteady. Basically, double uh, doubt enters our minds when we allow the flesh to rule and to reign. Or, or it's when we allow common sense to trump Holy Spirit sense. And we start walking in doubt and unbelief. So the second thing is you will be unstable. It's like being dehydrated. Anybody ever been dehydrated? If you live in West Texas, probably everybody's been dehydrated. I've been battling dehydration for like two weeks now. I think it's dehydration. And uh, two, two weeks ago, uh, I was so dehydrated that I had to go to the emergency room and get an IV. And so they got the IV, and I did pretty good after that. And then this week, I... Had to go back and get another, and had to get another infusion. And I'm drinking water. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but I'm, I've been dehydrated. And so I was looking at dehydration. I'm like, Lord, what do you show me through dehydration? Whether I can even convey to the people what does it mean to be dehydrated? Well, it's very serious. 
You know, it can kill you. Yeah, when you, because see, your body's made up mostly of water and electrolytes. Did you know that? Most of you, you're, you're wish, that's why you're wishy-washy. <laughs> that's, why you're, that's why you're swishy-swashy. <laughs> you know, you just a lot of water. Uh, but we're, we're made up mostly of water. And, and so if we're made up mostly of water and it's all gone, we can be de- dehydrated and it affects our body. It says we lose water. I, I looked this up on Google. We lose water every day through normal body functions, but dehydration occurs when we lose more bodily fluids than we're taking in. Because us humans are made up mostly of water and electrolytes, we need to maintain the proper balance of these in our system. That means drinking plenty of fluids throughout the day is important. Proper hydration improves your mood, listen, your brain function, and prevents fatigue. Proper hydration. Now, some people say, well, I drank a lot of coffee today. That's, it's liquid. Did you know it, it, it dehydrates you? Did you know caffeinated tea dehydrates you? So, well, I drank three gallons of tea today. Why am I dehydrated? You know, the doctor said, oh, drink water. Drink water. Drink water with minerals in it. Drink water with electrolytes in it. Because look what it can do to it. It can mess with your mind, your brain, your brain function. So I can, you know, you can look around and look at your neighbors, see if they've dehydrated right now by the way they... <laughs> If they look at you and go, you're probably dehydrated. But it is not fun. I'll tell you another side effect of dehydration is, is muscle cramps. That's the one that gets me. Yeah, I can be walking and just hit the, hit the ground and fall. You know, like, I would never forget Mary Lou and I. She was talking about all the times that I've fallen and passed out and different things. It's a really sto- great story. I need that. I need Scott playing piano for me right now. <laughs> Jeff will remember. Where's Jeff? Where'd you go? He's over there. Hey, Jeff. And you're in the cheap seats, man. What's up? Uh, Jeff and Clint Hill and myself, Don Babin had, had offered to sell us some speakers. Don, y'all know Don. This is when he, was, he had gotten out of the ministry, and his, he had these giant speakers he wanted to sell us, and it was a great price. So we get in the church van, and we're going to go to, we're gonna go to uh, Texarkana to p- buy, pick up these speakers that we're, we were going to pay him out, I think. Did we ever pay him for those? <laughs> <laughs> and so my friend Shane Faulkner was in a car business at the time, and he calls me. He said, I heard y'all going to Texarkana. I said, yeah, we're going to Texarkana. We bought some speakers. He's going, he's, he was our youth pastor. He said, he said, uh, there's a car I need to repo. Y'all mind going and repoing this car for me? And I said, yeah, I don't know about that. He said, yeah, it's, it's just, just right across the border in Arkansas. It's just a little ways from where y'all are going to go. So we said, sure. <laughs> like, we were dehydrated when we said yes. You know, brain fog. Why would we do that? And so we're driving up. He gives us this address, and we're going up these mountains okay and we get up there to find this little minivan and Shane said oh they're just going to hand you the keys everything could be fine sure dehydration uh, anyway long story short we, we got the van and we were driving back in the middle of the morning it was dark through those mountains the hills and the Ozarks get back to civilization and we stop at a, uh, a rest stop and uh, we're going to get something to eat or to drink and so I was in the back second seat of the van and so I was step out of the van and my leg locks up and I just bam 
I hit the pavement like a drunk. I mean, <laughs> and I'm sure they're going, Freedom Fellowship, mm. <laughs> Anyway, it's one of our fun memories, right, Jeff? Well, you all right, Pastor? Yeah, there's a little asphalt in my head here. But dehydration won't do that to you. That's why I said that. Uh, but here's what God showed me. Many Christians are dehydrated in the spirit. Ooh, right? What about, our, what about hydrating in the spirit? Because we have the living water in each and every one of us. That's what he describes the Holy Spirit as. Springs of living water welling up within us. We're supposed to be like a flooding with the, with the Spirit of God. And I believe it. He, he says that we're so filled up that we overflow. And when we overflow, we're hydrating other people with the Spirit of God. So I, I think so many Christians are spiritually uh, dehydrated because they, for some reason, because of doubt and unbelief, because of what being unstable in their mind, they've turned the spigot off in them. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you, but you just quench it, the Bible says. It, there's a scripture for that. But first, let me read James 3.10, because James is writing this, this, what we're talking about, being unstable. And in James 3.10, he says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Right? Does the spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? But see, Christians do that. We, we have good words, and then we have bad words. We have good thoughts, and then we have bad thoughts. And so we have this continual battle that goes on. I, I like what, what uh, who was it, Sandra said? Uh, who said it? The, word, the battle. Did you say it? Betty? Well, in the video this morning. That the war has been won, but we're still in the battle. Jesus has already won the war. Read the book of Revelation, you'll find out we win. We're, in the end, we win. That's why Paul said it's, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So we're, we're winners either way, but we're still in the battle, in the everyday battle. We're in the trenches every day. And the battle is right here between your ears. It's your mind. It's the battlefield of the mind. Are you going to give in to doubt and unbelief? Or are you going to believe the, believe the Word of God? Are you going to trust God in His faithfulness? Listen, He's been faithful since the beginning. He'll be faithful to the end. And everywhere in between, he's been faithful. And so he's saying, look, the only way you can be stable is to trust in the one who's the most stable. We can't do it on our own. We can't trust in ourselves and get through it. You know, it says when he comes back, he's looking for people with faith. He's looking for people that have bought, you know, we, we drank the Kool-Aid that Jesus served. Amen. It's good. It's good Kool-Aid. We believe what he says in his word. We believe that he's truth. In Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. He says, listen, you look at that, that verse in context. He's talking about grieving the spirit. And he's talking about the battle in the flesh versus the spirit. Read the whole chapter. You'll, you'll see that he's talking about there's a battle going on. And sometimes we grieve the Holy Spirit because we say, no, I, I've asked for wisdom, but God, I'm not going to listen to your wisdom. So turn the spigot off. Oh, I know I'm supposed to pray for somebody. You said to go lay hands on the sick and they recover, but not today, Lord. We would cut it off. Or we have, God, I know you've called me to this position or this ministry, and, and, but Lord, it looks a little bit difficult, and I'm just going to wait. We just tell, we tell God no all the time, no all the time. And then we say, well, I'm, a, I'm stable in the Lord, but you're not. None of us are when we always being wishy-washy and being double-minded and being tossed to and throw, tossed to and throw like we're in, in, the, in the sea. 
we can't make our minds up. You know, some of you this morning, that's, that's, there's people in here this morning, you have a hard time making your mind up. And that's the division that comes when the enemy comes in and starts speaking to you and you start listening. You start having a conversation with the enemy. Listen, he's not worthy of a conversation. If you're going to talk to anybody, talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Start listening to Jesus. Jesus' name. The thing that doubt causes, listed in verse 8, the last thing is restlessness. Anybody suffer from restlessness? Anybody? Just restless? You know, you, just, you, you can't get, you can't, you, you're not at peace. Uh, or when you are at peace, it's for a short-term, uh, a short period of time. A double-minded, doubting man will be restless in all his ways. Everything he thinks, feels, or decides. That's a hard place to be, isn't it? Being restless. To be indecisive. To be wishy-washy. Second-guessing yourself. Man, I took that job. I, I, sh- I probably shouldn't have taken that job. I, I know I prayed and got up the door for me. I, I'm not sure I should take that. How many of you are what ifers? What if? Man, you, you go back and you backtrack your life and go, what if I would have married her instead of her? <laughs> or him instead of him? Man, my wife would be so different. If what ifs, if we think of these what ifs and we have these what ifs, we play these scenarios out in our mind. And, and listen, I'm going to tell you this. Stop doing that because there's no point in it. That's just the enemy's going to mess with your mind and he's going to tell you you made, the bad, you made bad choices and he's going to bring condemnation on you. And God says, you know what? You've got today. That's all you got. And if you're married to him or you're married to her, that's all you got. And you better make it work. I'm looking around at couples. <laughs> you better make it work. I don't want to see you in my office. <laughs> Love one another. But then there's hope. James says all of that, but I want you to jump down to verse 12. I'm going to hydrate while you look for 12. Fiji. Filled with electrolytes. Verse 12. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God. Don't you like that? Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and has been approved, He will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. See, that's who God wants you to be. He wants you to be steadfast under trials. Some of you are going through trials today. I mean, I look across, and I know some of you are in the middle of a trial. Some of you are going to court. I mean, literally, you're, you're under trial. Some of you are going through various temptations. Uh, the enemy's like, you know, this isn't working. This Christianity thing doesn't work so good. Why don't you come back to me? So you, you go, and, and God wants you to, 
stand through the test of time. He wants you to see those tests, see those tribulations as ways of growing closer to him, not running away from him. And so he says, look what he says again. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man or woman who is steadfast. That's stable. That's stability. When the trials come, that's who God wants every one of you to be. He wants you to be that person that says that when, you're, when your son or your daughter has a problem, that they come to you because they know mom and dad are steadfast under trials. When your friend, you, you should be that friend. You shouldn't be the one that's always going to somebody else. You should be that friend that people are coming to because they see stability in your life. They see that you're planted, your feet are planted on the rock of Jesus Christ, and you're not going to be moved because you're in an unshakable kingdom. That's who, that's who God has called us to be. We always want a man, I'm going to go, I'm, I trust that so many, so many. He is always, he's like a rock. Well, they need to be saying that about you too. Are you that rock? Are you steadfast in trials? Or when trials and tribulations come, are you ah! all over the place, wondering, what do I do? What do I do? I got to go run to somebody. Help me. Help me. No, that's not stability. That's stupidity. That wasn't in my notes. It just kind of flows. That's who God wants us to be. And listen, guys, you can't get there unless you trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You want to be stable? Go to God for your when you have questions. You want to be stable? Go to the Word when you have questions. You want to be stable? Be, get on your knees when you have questions. When the doubts start to come in, say, "No, I'm not doubting God. I know Your Word says this, and I believe Your Word is true." And it may not always work out the way you want it to. I still had to go get an IV, and we prayed. Because I couldn't move. I was immobile. I had cramp, leg cramps so bad I could not move. I don't know if anybody's ever had that before. I had leg cramps in both legs. I could not move. I could scream. I was really good. I was, I was screaming because I didn't know what else to do except scream and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It didn't always work out the way you wanted to, but you know what? I'm here today. You know what? You're here today. I know a lot of you have gone through trials and tribulations. I know a lot of you have gone through trials and tribulations. I know you. I've seen, I've, I just can't even look in one section because you're thinking I'm looking at you because I've met with you and talked to you and prayed with you. So I'm just going to kind of scan. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I know you've been through some things. But look back and go, Lord, what were you teaching me then? Where did I miss it, God? What are you trying to show me? Because I want to learn. I want to grow up. I want to mature. I want to be the steadfast one. Some of you, how many of you are like in large family, part of a large family? Got a lot of, a lot of siblings. Yeah. You know, it always it seems like in a family there's always that one solid family, you know, that one sibling is solid and all the rest of them are scattered. <laughs> you know, like my sister Lana, she's like solid. If we want to if there's any family questions, we ask Lana cuz she's the oldest and and she kind of tells you how it is and you just say, "Okay, yeah, Lana, we'll listen." And she's a godly woman. 
She's a godly woman. But God wants us to all be godly people. So that, that, that's my heart for you today. Examine, take a, take a survey of what you've been through or what you're going through now. And instead of saying, man, I can't, do, I can't believe God's letting this happen to me, count it all joy. Yeah. Say, God, how are you teaching me through this? How can I grow through this? How can I have joy through this? Yeah. And ultimately, God, what we sang earlier, you deserve the glory. Right. And I want to give you the glory in it. Yeah. See, we, we like to give God the praise when things are going good. We don't praise him so much when they're not going good. But he says to praise him at all times. Yeah. We don't have a choice. Praise Him at all times. Know that rewards come to those. That's just the last one. Did I finish the verse? No, I didn't. I'm going to read the whole verse again. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and has been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Know that rewards come to those who are steady, steadfast, stable. Rewards come. How many like rewards? Okay. Well, look at Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. He rewards faithful people. He rewards steadfast people. He, re- he rewards loyal people. That's what God does. He said, listen, you walk with me, I want to bless you. See, we look at this verse and we think, well, he's talking about the, 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 the heaven. He's talking about after we die that we get these rewards. And I believe that that's true for that verse. But I believe that God also rewards us right here, right now on earth for our faithfulness. He rewards us by answering prayers. Because he said, look, pray, but don't doubt and, and I'll do it. I'll, whatever you ask, whatever you speak, it'll, it'll take place. The Passion Translation says, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real, and that He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him. You want stability in your life? You better get Jesus. You want stability in your life? You better trust Jesus. You be- if you want stability in your life, you better know the Word of God. Don't count on me. What his promises are for you. And once you get those promises, say, God, I'm claiming. In your word, you will not lie. So I'm going to claim this promise. I'm going to take this promise and I'm hanging on to it. And God said, good. Hang on to it. You may not see it coming to pass, even in your lifetime. But if God promised it, it'll come to pass. Read Hebrews 11. Read Hebrews 11. Some of the blessings happen this side of heaven and some on the other side. Just how God works. Let's stand. Here are the ministry team at the front.